I V M. Hi, welcome to this historic first episode of this podcast. It's called Simplified. My name is Deepak, and only the people in the passport office call me that. Uh, everybody else calls me Chuck, or some variant that unfortunately tends to rhyme with it. I'm not alone on this podcast. Of course, I have with me a legend of the blogging space, a hunk despite being on the wrong side of the 50s, an industrial mogul who has an unnervingly high visibility on the wanted board of the income tax office, and the heartthrob of the mullard old lady's home, all in one person, Mr. Narendra Shenoy. Thank you for that flattering description, Chuck. My wife calls me the comedian for the easily amused. So yeah. Oh great! So now we know who our target segment is. This is good to know. So, what is this podcast going to be all about, Narin? Well, the name is called Simplified, a pronunciation being a tribute to Kerala's largest colony, which is the Gulf. On this show, we are going to attempt to deconstruct burning issues that you should know and you should pretend to understand. For instance, after every budget, people pretend to know terms like the fiscal deficit and pass severe judgment around it. Like, oh, the repo rate should have been cut or our fiscal deficit will suffer or something like that. When you ask such people what the fiscal deficit is, they look like mm-hmm. deer in headlights. Yeah, or like a digital marketing person when asked by clients about ROI. So this podcast is aimed at such people so they can understand these things and appear smarter in public mm. and not act like politicians who have been caught with their pants down at so, we'll be doing this, uh, explaining stuff that is, um, not going to press conferences with our pants down. Yeah, not a site you want to see, trust us. Hey, I'm offended. Anyway, <laughs> we'll be looking to address issues like fiscal deficit and things like that with attempted humor. It's good you laid that uh, disclaimer up front because all that's going to be just attempted, that's all. Yeah, we warned you. Both of us are pretty new to this podcast business. Usually when people laugh at what I say, Narain, there's a PowerPoint slide behind me with something like strategic vision for your company written on it. Uh, So yeah, anyway, don't worry. We'll keep working on the humor and we should be totally funny by around episode 3000 or so. Before you get into the big news of the week, let's look at some of the smaller pieces of amusement from around the country. First up, it's Lalit Kumar Modi, Narain, the ex-IPL commissioner who was the last known human being to use a Blackberry. He's catapulted back into public imagination once again. Narain, can you tell us exactly what's been happening here? Remember when the IPL was shifted to South Africa because the elections were being held here and they were getting in the way of these things and the election commission refused in its usual curmudgeonly manner, refused to shift the dates of unimportant things like the Lok Sabha elections mm. and refused to accommodate the really important stuff like the IPL. Which people really care about. Yeah. So Lalit Kumar Modi had to move a lot of money belonging to the BCCI and take it to South Africa where the action was happening. And the RBI felt very offended. It likes to be told about these things. And Lalit Modi said, what the hell is my money? Oh, I didn't bother telling. And sadly for him, it is a crime under an act passed by the parliament. Annoying. Terrible. You, I tell you, these parliamentarians, they think they own the place. They do actually, but never mind. <laughs> yeah. And he he's really believed that no one would come looking for him. And when things started becoming hot, he had to flee. Take a strategic retreat. Yeah. Uh, instead of suffering in silence, he decided to extend his misery to other 
of his friends, including Vasundara Raja, who had helped him, granted him favors. And uh, she must be, to put it mildly, feeling a little let down, considering that she really went out on a limb to help him. And when she reminded Lalit Modi of that, Lalit Modi, you know, he, he just... Told her to osculate his posterior? Yes, he basically told her, kiss my ass, that's what he told her. Yeah, and uh, not just Vasundara Raja, uh, poor Sushma Swaraj, for some reason, which nobody seems to understand, has been dragged into this as well, further increasing her world-class scowl. Uh, which one suspects is because she is supposed to be the Minister of External Affairs. But it's her boss, Narendra Modi, uh, who's been globetrotting like he's on a TripAdvisor challenge. I think that's a little bit like being hired as a fine wine taster, only to be told you're in charge of sniffing, and the actual tasting would be done by the boss. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I like uh, Shishmas Karaj's uh, scowl a lot. If you remember your old set theory lessons... So you have A, Union B. Hmm. And there's one A, Intersection B. The scowl is exactly like the intersection thing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to imagine what would happen. Some goof-up happened and, and instead of Narendra Modi, Lalit Modi became the, the Prime, Prime Minister. Minister. What fun. Yeah. yeah, it might actually not be a bad thing. Lalit is capable of making Parliament cool, which, let's face it, Narendra, has been dull and dreary for too long. You could use some pizzazz, Narendra. It could use some sexing up, and I don't mean sexing up in the way those MPs watch porn on their tablets during sessions. Not not that type of uh, sexing up. The parliament would be IPLized. We could sponsor off bits of the parliament and get the party sponsored by conglomerates. Wait, doesn't that happen already? Mm, okay, good point. But we could still have lots of scope for branding. That's right. Imagine Parliament being sponsored like the IPL. Like imagine DLF presents the... Oh, okay, okay, wait. That's, that's a very bad choice of company. Uh, maybe the speaker could be brought to you by Logitech or Altec Lansing. I'm imagining cheerleaders greeting every past bill. Every past bill. Yeah. Right. So actually they'd be the most jobless cheerleaders in the world given the rate at which... Bills get passed these days. Or, on the other hand, given the number of horny septuagenarians we have in the parliament, uh, this might actually result in bills being passed at breakneck speed. This might actually be one of the greatest ideas in independent Indian politics. I mean, just 10 minutes into this podcast, and we already have ideas. Which, for a constitutional <laughs> reform. Yeah. We already have changed the nation. Moving on to our next big topic. This is a fun one, Naren. Uh, The Indian Institutes of Planning and Management, affectionately called the IIPMs. They're shutting down their MBA courses. Hilarious because the AICT apparently threw a bit of a technical spanner into their rather shady works. Uh, Naren, this is the last nail in the coffin, not for IIPM or Arindan Chaudhary, their charismatic leader. But it's actually the final nail in the coffin for a print industry. Because without the IIPM doling out crores at them to put ads... Like, when a paper like the Hindu, like the Hindu carries middle page ads, the sums involved must be substantial. They would be mildly more than your daily ATM withdrawal limits, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You know, I'm going to quite miss Arindan Chaudhary Narin. I love the guy. What a lovely ponytail. He looks like a (laughs) horse's posterior. And what amazing teeth. Forget higher education. Every time I saw an IIPM ad, I felt like going out and buying clothes up. I actually wonder if IIPM was on surrogate advertising <laughs> by HUL. He was quite smart though. He carried yeah. on for decades by suing anyone who wrote anything about him for defamation. And he would sue them in Silchar Assam. So in, journalists... In he would sue them in Silchar in Assam. Yes. So journalists and bloggers would have to trudge all the way to court in Silchar 
where of course he had a battalion of lawyers who would adjourn and next fortnight the journalist would have to lug himself right back because if he didn't the court would throw him in jail for being a defendant in a criminal suit and not ah. appearing in court mm. clever i i'm personally very sad narena or arindan choudhury because uh, as you might know i have this b school stand up comedy act you know nice plug <laughs> why thank you thank you but you but, should go and check him out folks he's a pretty good comedian who me or arindan choudhury both of us are of course arindan choudhury both of us are pretty free right yeah. now <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway this comedy thing mm-hmm. uh, so i do this comedy thing and uh, our iapm and arindan choudhury contributed about 10% of my act uh, and now i need to figure out someone else um if only there was a worthy replacement or a candidate hmm. i think you might have the perfect candidate in rahul yadav rahul yadav what a character dude what a character he's been called the rakhi sound of startup worlds and the kamal ar khan of real estate <laughs> true man excellent. yeah absolutely when i uh, when i like to think of him as what shahid afridi was the pakistan team uh, because once he's out nobody really gave a rats ass about the rest of the innings um it's just something like that now that rahul yadav is gone nobody really cares about housing.com anymore rahul yadav is quite the character narrator not since sachin and bini bansal has an entrepreneur been spoken about in india so much wow. not since virat kohli has a brash young 26 year old been in the news for abusive language so much mm. not since arvind kejriwal has an iit graduates enterprise gone from heady heights to ground zero so quickly mm. not since gandhi has a rahul created so much amusement for the online space and not since lalu prasad has a yadav created so much headache for authorities well said but his uh, supporters narin his supporters all three of them uh, say that he's brought publicity to housing you can't argue with that it's like saying hitler brought publicity to germany, germany. if you endorse rahul yadav as a good brand ambassador you should be able to picture alof bai with a machete in his hand standing over cops and saying welcome yeah have a holocaustic holiday in sunny, sunny deutschland, deutschland. <laughs> and now investors are never going to touch him But not only other, I mean, not yeah, not Hitler. Hitler, not Hitler. Yeah. I suppose you could say, however, that he's made the space or uh, exciting. I mean, is online reality for crying out loud? It's not the most, it's not the most exciting or sexy or feels. And here comes a man who's made it masala and you know basically put it on page one for all the wrong reasons, sure, but but masala nonetheless. I'd love if Rahul Yadav would get into other boring fields and make them exciting. He might be the most. interesting teacher of say differential calculus i'm trying to imagine yeah. i'm just trying to imagine rahul yadav trying to teach laplace transforms yeah he, and he might create a lot of awareness for an ngo or a governmental body that's a good role for him like say the department of public sanitation you mean he might be able to come up with a portable innovation like the luka be quiet you young scallywag sorry imagine rahul yadav in the indian meteorological department mm-hmm. He'll do things like try and challenge the way things are measured. He'll say, "I'm tired of MMs being measured the same way for the last few centuries." We will redefine what it means to be a kilogram or something like that. <laughs> It'll be awesome to see him pick a fight with those guys who, you know, got and standardized everything a few years back. You know, the guys who say a kilogram is equal to one box of iron kept in one vacuum. Who are those guys? You mean SI? <laughs> oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, 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 those yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. So imagine Rahul Yadav trying to pick up fights with guys like. Pascal and uh, Van der Graaff and Darwin and bitching about them, saying that they haven't done anything in the space of measurement for centuries. You know that Darwin didn't have anything to do with measurements, did you? <laughs> my fake engineer is showing. Anyway, let's move on before more such of my secrets are exposed. 
before we move on, I can only hope one thing, Narendra. Rahul Yadav is known to uh, see what his critics say about him and post about them on his Facebook page uh, and, you know, in an attempt to publicly shame them. So it's like he is known to be critical of his critics. Wow, criticception. Criticception. So Rahul Yadav, uh, if you hear this, do give us a shout out. God knows we could use the publicity. So, the main topic of discussion here... Ah, so, Naren, this week's topic is actually about the Canadian-Russian digital surrealist artist George Gree. His female sibling actually felt rather tearful a few days ago. Hence, Gree crisis. Oh, dear. Producer, is it too early in the series to kill off one of the main characters of the show? Sorry, sorry, folks. This is a general quality of humor on this podcast, so you better get used to it. I wish you wouldn't repeat this because due to an imperfection of the legal system, hitting you in the head with a heavy object is still a crime and I don't want to get into oh, trouble. No, let's not do that. So anyway, Narin, let's get back to the topic. The Greek crisis, Narin, is one of those things that's always being tossed about. You intelligently nod your head whenever you hear it, pretending to hear it. But what I have understood over the last couple of weeks is the standard response is generally, damn the Eurozone or it must be a good time to go to Mykonos. Uh, but I'm guessing this is something little deeper than that. Yes, Greece's financial adventures make for a good bedtime fairy tale. <laughs> Except that it's actually in the newspapers and keeping the IMF and European banks scared like it's a Stephen King novel. <laughs> so can you explain what it's all about? I mean, I heard that they're in debt of some 300 billion euros or something, which is like roughly the cost of a bathroom in South Bombay. Yeah, so what happened basically was that Greece has been a very, very naughty boy, but still hasn't got any spankings. Kinky. There was a time long, long ago. Uh, we are talking no internet long ago, Nokia 3310 long ago, Vinod Kambli long ago. Mm, about one and a half decades, I should think. Okay. Greeks basically had a lot of debt because of general fuck-ups. Oh, yay, our first expletive. Historic moment, yay. Yes. Sorry, Darren. Sorry, sorry, go on. Hmm. Yeah, so what happened was the Eurozone was formed. Mm-hmm. Greece realized if they could get into that club, some of their worries might get solved because they were broke. And... Others would give them money to solve their debt problems. Hmm. The problem was, Greece didn't have the requisite, shall we say, eligibility criteria. Okay, so what you're basically saying is, Greece couldn't get into this club because it had shady financial policies and things like that? Let's just say, Ramalinga Raju would have been proud Ah. of the way things were being operated. Hmm. So they did what any self-respecting Satyam accountant would do. They forced their way in. Hmm. And ta-da, they thought all was hunky-dory now. Except I'm guessing it wasn't all hunky-dory. Correct. Things went from bad to worse. Mm-hmm. Basically, Greece took a lot of money and the World Bank would say, here's a hundred million dollars, go spend it on something nice, like infrastructure. And of course, Greece spent it all on salaries Salons. to bum employees and subsidies and things like that. And when they ran out of money, which was often, they'd go back for more, saying that they wanted some more infrastructure and they'd get the money and give it back to the same employees. The employees who did nothing. And so on and on it went. And what also helped is that, and you must see the genius of the Greeks here, they didn't want to pay taxes. Fair enough, fair point, fair yeah. point, yeah. So obviously that didn't help. That couldn't help. So the IMF would keep coming and asking for money, but Greece would say, we don't have it. So it's a little bit like when the milkman comes on Sunday and like, aaj nahi bhai, aaj, aaj nahi, kal aaj. Exactly. Almost exactly like that. So other com- countries just kept giving them money. Why? Ah, so Greece kept promising it would change. 
like how you tell your parents and it never did all the greek people wanted was money mm-hmm. they didn't want to change Mm. So all the European Union's conditions are treated in the same manner that fourth year engineering hostel students would treat liquor rules of the hostel. Ah, uh, I get it. And I'm guessing right now things are like reaching fever level. Yeah, Greece has defaulted far too many times for comfort. A referendum, which is a fancy word for lazy politicians passing the buck on to the people. They want to take a mm. decision, so they give it off to the people to take mm-hmm. one. and uh, that was held by the prime minister alexis tsipras and the greek people said no 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 succumbing we don't want to succumb to the european union so more of the same more yeah, of the same more of the same the problem is that many european countries are going through the same way so while greece is a small blip the eu can survive that but if greece gets away with its debt then spain or portugal or ireland are going to do the same and they yeah, definitely can't yeah. Marry. Yeah, yeah so narain tell me greece like you said is a small country its p- p- total population is probably population of andheri east why is the indian stock market reacting if greece defaults on a payment what i think is happened is that you know stock market people they don't have brains fair that enough fair point wrong. yeah and what 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 has happened is our stock market people have confused greece with greece the lubricant oh so they think that you know oil prices are going down so the and price of greece and that's generally enough yeah, to yeah, so that's going panic, down yeah. too because greece and oil do the same mm-hmm. thing and you know they go into a panic and they see everyone else is panic you know what the hell yeah. when somebody you know chagan bhai has magan lal have you <laughs> panicked no we should uh, greece yeah let's start panicking let's start panicking yeah anyway nobody has any clue about what's happening so that's that's <laughs> that's what this podcast is supposed to do and it is supposed to solve yeah. problems like this world leaders if you're listening i'm sure just they are. yeah mm. just tune in yeah. understand stuff and sort out things before we are forced to give up our nice 3g networks and mcdonalds narain it it seems to me that greece situation with respect to the uh, european banks is very similar to air india situations back home in fact can we say that europe is to greece as India is to Air India. That's a brilliant analogy, actually. Greece is the world's Air Greece India. Greece is the world's Air India. You heard this here first, folks. <laughs> I heard that Apple, you know, uh, that little fledging technology startup, hmm. they have so much money, Narain, uh, in cash that they could bail out Greece on their own. What would actually happen if something like that happened? I'm. I think knowing Apple the way I do, they probably call it I Greece or something. Athens Five S or, or something like that. Like that. Yeah, Mykonos yeah. Plus. Or, you know, yeah, actually, yeah. Lalit Modi wanted to buy Greece and give it to the winning IPL <laughs> team, but sadly, he got into that nonsense. And Shini Mama doesn't want to do anything. Another, uh, 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 this has nothing to do with Greece, of course. Uh, you think Shini Mama and uh, Sepp Blatter could form a cartel? There's actually a theory that they are the same person <laughs> because they've never been seen in the same room together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway this is Srini Mama has so much money in the Swiss banks that he's been actually made a honorary citizen fair so enough. he could well be separate. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. all right coming back to Greece Narin I somehow have a I somehow think this whole Greece Greek crisis is karma I think it's payback for what Alexander did to the world uh, and for making all of us engineers have to use Greek alphabet unnecessarily that haunted us uh, so yeah I think it's some amount of uh, payback and apparently Greece is going bankrupt 
Now, this is what I don't understand. What happens when a country goes bankrupt? I mean, I know what happens when a company goes bankrupt. Yeah, it says, uh, on a, it issues a press statement and uh, on its Facebook page, it says thanks. And it tells all its people to leave the premises before 12 o'clock. But what can a country do? I mean, it can't ask all its people to leave, can it? Sorry, guys, this country is closed. Something like <laughs> that. It's closed. They put all your position in cardboard boxes and be given a severance package like some you know one kg of olive oil olive oil yeah. each the hr department would probably say things like your services your citizenry is no longer required yeah. nothing but surely uh, all this must mean that uh, it's a good time to travel there i don't know it'll be too heartbreaking you know you tip a waiter and he'll, oh. he'll probably silently shed a tear or something, something like that yeah so anyway that's it for the topic of the week uh, at least that's all we know uh, we hope uh, you learned something or at least we hope we didn't confuse you anymore. If you didn't hear anything else, basically, Greece took a lot of money and didn't pay it back. Yeah, that's very clever of them. <laughs> but the moral of the story is pay back if you borrow money and don't be a about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess Naren, the thing that we should take away from this is paying back is different if you're a person uh, and if you're a country. Yes, in fact... Why did the problem worsen? Because Greece is not a person. If Greece was a guy like you or me, he would then surely see the errors of having lunches for free on other people's hard-earned money. But Greece sadly is a nation with no decent ethics or education. Despite being strapped for cash, the Greeks have voted no, alas. So now poor Europe, for all their sass, can go kiss Greece's Alexis Tsipras ass. Wow. So anyway, that's that's all for this week. Anarin, maybe Rahul Yadav, Lalit Modi and Arunan Chaudhary can all combine to form a political party and uh, get elected in Greece with Vasundhara Raje's help. That would solve four <laughs> problems at once. Yeah. So see you folks next time. Bye. Bye.